Welcome into the Trib Preps podcast. My name is Colton Bartholomew, reporter here at the Lacrosse Tribune. I'm joined by fellow reporter Zach James and our assistant sports editor and prep sports editor Todd Sommerfeld. Today, this is going to be an episode dedicated to one thing, the Midwest Players Classic, big basketball showcase at the Lacrosse Center on Saturday, January 19th, starts at 9.15. the reason that we're dedicating this episode to not only because it's a really cool event that happens here locally every year, hosted by Aquinas uh, down at the Lacrosse Center, but because of the just sheer amount of talent that we are going to have in the field this year. Uh, Todd is still compiling the list, but we are at with a couple of schools left to go out of the 16-team field. There are 17 players either signed with or with verbal offers from Division One schools. Uh, so. For what is the ticket? We're at, well, we're at twelve right now. Twelve. But there, we'll be in the teens. We'll be in the teens. More teams to teams to check out here. All right. So uh, just a ton of basketball talent, and uh, tickets are ten dollars for adults. Yes. Ten dollars students. Uh, you have to buy them at the door. Uh, nothing advanced. So if you want to go, head up there and, and grab a ticket and go in. And the ticket's good for all day, so you can stay as long as you want. I was just about to say. So for one flat price you can see a ton of the, the future talent. college stars and and i'm not saying that lightly as you'll hear as we get into it within this podcast uh, a ton of guys that have gone on to division one college success and nba success have started uh, or have been here in their prep careers but i mean todd you've, you've obviously been here longer than both zach and i combined so you, you've seen this tournament start uh, from its infancy and when it just got started to where it is now, where it's drawing such a big crowd. So can you tell us a little bit about just how this started and what those first couple of years were like? Well, it's it's nice to have one of these showcases near you so it's not a huge trip. And, sure. and Aquinas kind of took that as a, as a, a challenge to try and set something up uh, back in, in 2011 is when we started this thing. Uh, Brad Reinhardt, the current Aquinas coach, was part of that process. Rick Schneider, the former coach, was part of it. They both still are. Uh, in terms of getting teams here, finding the right teams, finding the right amount of talent, uh, the, the right level of talent. Uh, they work a lot with the teams. They'll get contacted by teams, but I think they do a lot of initiating to try and get the teams that they, they want. Uh, and from there, it's just communication with those teams, and they'll take requests on, you know, we'd, we'd really like to maybe play this team if you can get them or something. It's it, Lacrosse is a nice spot for... Uh, Minneapolis teams to match up with Milwaukee teams, right. for instance. Right in the middle uh, they ground. Can both, yeah, so they, they can both come over here and you can get some really good matchups that way. Uh, so, and, and we have uh, one of those in, in this this one. I think we have, uh, what do we have, Martin Luther playing Minneapolis North, which should be a really good game, and that's an example of that. And we'll run through the, uh, the schedule here really quick. So yeah. it's going to start off with defending Division Four champion, uh, the Aquinas girls team, taking on Hayward. Uh, Hayward's, or they're they're pretty highly ranked, or they were. They, yeah, they've they've had. Uh, they may not be as good as they have in the last couple of seasons, uh, but that's definitely a team that that Aquinas can make itself better uh, than it is now. It's it's a quality program, that's for sure. All right, then we got the Aquinas boys taking on La Crescent, uh, Logan taking on Kakana, Caledonia versus Mineral Point. Central playing Minnehaha, that's one of the, the big showcase yeah. games. But probably the two teams that have the most Division One guys yes. uh, on that team. You've got uh, on the Minnehaha side, uh, Jalen Hurt, who is the... Sucks. Jalen sucks. Jalen sucks. <laughs> who is the uh, number one prospect, I believe, in that junior class yeah. in the nation. Chet Holmgren, another one. 
Right. Uh, they, they, yeah, there's, there's three three players on each team with Division One offers right. for that game. So and then we, you know you know the central players, Terrence Thompson, yeah. Davis Boys, Noah Parcher, a senior, but just yeah, like yeah, crazy. Give them, give them the time on that game. Yeah, so that's going to know that one. That's going to be at three thirty-five. Um, but you know how these showcases work sometimes. If games going overtime or yep. get a little bit longer, just you make sure you're there about three o'clock. You never know what's going to happen. Root but for no overtime. Yeah, exactly. Root, root <laughs> for games to get done regulation. But uh, after Central, then you got De La Salle uh, versus uh, Sun Prairie, Martin Luther in Minneapolis North, like we just mentioned, and then wrapping up at 8 o'clock, or 8.20, excuse me, with Onalaska versus Oconomowoc. Um, just like we mentioned, just a crazy amount of talent for one day. I mean, yep. you, one day. I, I was over at Onalaska's uh, practice today talking to Tyrell Stutley. That's going to be uh, in the paper with our preview section Saturday um, for this event. But was talking to him about uh, events like this, uh, how it's cool to see th- these guys that maybe you've just heard about or read about on Twitter or the internet, wherever else, uh, see them in, in person and then play against them in some cases. Uh, he's a guy that's on the AAU circuit as well, Tyrell is. Uh, so he's seen them at different tournaments or played against some of them, played with some of them. But he said, you know, this is just one of those times where it's rare in the middle of your conference season to <coughs> be able to play somebody from far away. And it's just a, it's a cool thing. And for Alaska, it's a, you know, 10-minute drive down 35 to the lacrosse center. So it's good yep. for them. Yep. Uh, Todd, so let's – we're, we're going to run through a couple of the, the biggest names that have been here in the past. If you looked at the sections that we've had uh, leading up to this event in recent years, you've seen some of the names. But you've got the local ones like Matt Thomas and Bronson Kennedy who played here and done tremendously. You look at back at 2013, Matt Thomas had 32 points. But then you look down just right below that, uh, in that same year, Rashad Vaughn, who yeah. I'm pretty sure is still in the NBA somewhere. He was on the Bucks. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was on the Bucks for a little while, and I'm not sure if he's uh, bouncing around at this yeah, point. He's yeah, he's somewhere. Yeah, But, all right, so when, he was definitely in the NBA. We know that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, Winter Marquette, I believe, was the stud there. Or no, uh, that was... It was white again, but either way. <laughs> um, uh, there's a ton of other guys. Todd, you've got a couple uh, other sheets in front of you. Where, who are some of the other people that we've had here? One of the more amazing uh, performances I've seen, and I've been to all of these, uh, was Brad Davison when he was in high school at Maple Grove. Hmm. He scored 39 points. Uh, they had just lost a game the night before. And they're they a highly ranked team. I can't remember if they were one or two or something like that. They played a, they played a really good game the night before and got beat and came down from the cities and he, he dropped 39. I can't remember. Uh, let's see, who did they play? Uh, Milwaukee Riverside, uh, which was a good team in itself that had some D1 players too. Uh, but his 39 points, that, that's one that a lot of people talk about. You mentioned uh, Bronson Koenig before. Uh, back in 2012, they, they had the last game of the night. Aquinas did playing Kakana, which is one of the top teams in the state. Koenig was hurt, didn't play. Oh, no. So you have a lot of people figuring, well, this is a nothing game. And Aquinas somehow won the game. Oh, uh, they beat him by a point. Uh, I think Michael Favre had a big night that night. Um, but that it, it was one of those, one of those uh, things that completely caught everybody off guard. Uh, so you had the flash and all that kind of stuff all day uh, of all the other teams that were here. And then at the end of the night, you had this big surprise with the local team knocking off one of the state's best uh, that, that nobody anticipated. Um, go ahead. Rashad Bond, by the way, with the Orlando Magic now. No, yeah. okay. that's why I didn't remember. Don't catch a lot of Magic games <laughs> up here in old no. Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the, the list is, is endless in terms of uh, the Ellensons were here. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of before. Yeah, that's, and and uh, Henry played a really good game here. 
when they were here. Uh, Kobe King played. Kobe uh, Kings played here. Uh, the, what Sam was that? Hauser. Uh, like I said, big, big list. Here. And well, from an Iowa perspective, yeah. uh, Marcus Page from Linmore. Page, yeah. Daniel Tilo from Sioux City East, I want to say. Don't quote me on that, but he was one from, from the Sioux he City schools. He was a baseball schools. guy, though, right? He was a very, he, yeah. he's, he's at Kentucky he's, right now playing baseball, actually. Okay. And Austin Fife from Waverly Shellback, which I'm not sure where he's at at the moment, but those are three guys from the state of Iowa who have played in this tournament who have gone on to very illustrious collegiate and pro careers. And that's, I'm looking here to try and find, but I know one year uh, Brad Lowhouse was here. Yeah, kid. Lowhouse, yeah, Lowhouse. Lowhouse, because I remember I walked in and I saw this huge guy crammed into a seat <laughs> that was watching. I'm like, why does that guy look familiar? And then I figured out Brad Lowhouse. Um, people around here know plenty about him. Um, but yeah, so he was, his kid was here playing here too. Um, so it, it, you can look back at every year and find something impressive about this thing. Uh, the fun thing too, uh, we mentioned some of the great matchups between just a couple of years ago, Central played Kukana here, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was a state, basically a state, yeah. eventual <laughs> state uh, semifinal preview. But you got Jordan McCabe, who's now at West Virginia, and then Kobe King and all those guys at Central. So obviously Lots Kobe's on the Badgers now. Uh, just some, some great games that we're going to see. Um, I want to talk about the Central Minnehaha game. Yes. Before we get into it, though, Minnehaha is going to play Caledonia on Friday at Caledonia. Yes. <laughs> they're coming down to this area, so they're like, well, why not? Let's play Caledonia. And if you don't remember, those teams were the two in the Class AA championship last year. Uh, tough loss for Caledonia, but just Jalen Suggs is so good. It's just a different level of athleticism than that there's a reason that guy's the number one recruit in the country for his class. He's going to be something special. And uh, so they're going to be playing uh, Caledonia at Caledonia, which is already That's usually a one too. Yeah, yeah it's already going to be a packed house because Caledonia. Go to, but yeah. then add that one into the fact that they're playing a great team. If you want to get yourself ready for Saturday, go to Caledonia yes. on Friday. Watch <laughs> I mean, that game. Uh, so talking about that game a little bit, we know the central players. We've got you know Parcher, the Davises, Terrence Thompson, uh, who are coming off a big win. Uh, at, uh, or against Onalaska last week uh, and beating Sparta earlier in the week, kind of just asserting themselves at the top of the conference, now getting ready for this big game. I think Todd Ferguson's done a good job throughout this season and in past seasons with the talent that he's had, scheduling these big games in wherever he could, you know, bringing down Spash in years past, other types of things like that, the tournament they went to in Florida this year. Yes. Um, but this is a different level test because Minnehaha is freakishly good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and... But if you, if you look at what Central has, there's no reason Central can't certainly can't play with them, and there's no reason they can't win the game. Uh, they got their own Division One guys. Mm -hmm. uh, Johnny Davis seems to play big in big games. That, that's that's one thing to, that you can take from, from what Central's been able to do this year. He did great in Florida. Jordan Davis shot the ball well in Florida. So, you know, he's always up for challenges. And I think... Uh, I think, I think a lot of people will be interested just to go watch that game and see what happens between these two teams because they're both very, very good. And I spoke with Minnehaha coach yeah. Lance Johnson earlier tonight, too, and he he was reveling at the depth of Central's roster with the Davises, with Parcher, with Thompson, and he, he was very impressed by what he saw from that Central uh, roster. And I don't want to give away my story too much, <laughs> but... Um, they don't know Central a whole lot. They haven't seen a lot of film on him, but he knows what Central likes to do. And it, I think it'll be a really, really good game. And, and uh, Minnehaha likes its role players, too. Yeah, it's their Suggs and, and the seven-foot kid as well. But um, Coach Johnson really likes his role players, too, and I think that's going to be a big key in Saturday's game. 
that's going to be fun to just watch from a, a coaching perspective. What Todd Fergett does against Jalen Suggs, because if you're going to put uh, Johnny Davis or Jordan Davis on him, you've got to kind of adjust for the fact that he's going to be a little bit more tired on offense, maybe not as effective. He's got to work so hard to defend him. And then how well does Terrence Thompson and Central's other bigs handle a seven-footer? They don't see him in this area ever. You know? There's no seven-footers here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm I'm a tall guy, and I'm the tallest guy in most gyms I go to around here, and I'm nowhere near seven foot. So it's like uh, to see just how those guys adjust to it. I think the fact that they're on that you know top level AAU circuit for Wisconsin, I'm sure they've seen yes. at least guys somewhere near that height, maybe have some experience against it. But um, it's, it's going to be something to watch from a coaching perspective how they kind of adjust. And like Zach, you mentioned. Never seeing these teams, you maybe once a year or once every few years, and Minnehaha comes back. It's just uh, that's a fun thing from a coaching side. How do you adjust the teams you just don't know? And and I hope that this year we get to see a hundred percent Jalen Suggs. He was hurt, banged up last year, so we didn't really get to see who he was. Uh, and and this year, hopefully, we'll be able to see what kind yeah. of player he is uh, right in front of our eyes this time. I watched him at the, I believe they're in class 5A for football. I would say, yeah, because he's a, he's a big football recruit, yeah, too, he, as a quarterback. Yeah, if, yeah, a freakish arm and obviously a great athlete. Uh, if he wanted to be a Division One quarterback, I mean, I know he's got line out the door that will let him play. I think basketball is his choice, but uh, just a crazy good athlete. But he was just throwing, like, 60-yard touchdowns on a rope, and it was just like, whoa, the oh, – I can't remember the team they were playing, but they're just their defensive backs just kind of got up from plays and they're like lifting their hands at their coach. Like, I don't know what to do here. Sorry. <laughs> but um, you look at just the, the level of competition that we're going to have here. Uh, Todd, where do you think the, the game that's going to maybe surprise people lands? Like, we've got not, eight games that are going to be played, but we're talking about one of the biggest ones, Central Minnehaha. But is there a game that in your mind, like, it might be a sneaky good one that ends up being the one we remember more, maybe? I don't, I don't know that Martin Luther and Minneapolis North would be sneaky good. I think that's going to be a good game. Um, I, I think Kakana is playing really well right now, and that's going to give Logan some problems. Uh, the Caledonia Mineral Point game could be something. Mineral Point's got a couple of good players there uh, getting some Division One interest. At least one of them is. Yeah, especially and Caledonia you know, coming off many hot games. So that, that's something. Um, I, I'm not sure what kind of challenge Oconomowoc will bring down Alaska. We'll see on that one. Um, and, you know, we're starting out with the Aquinas girls, and, and Hayward Aquinas girls are always fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I think, t- to be honest, the, the Aquinas lacrosse and boys game might be a good one to watch. It's, it's not, it doesn't have kids of this talent level that we're talking about now, but it has two teams that are playing pretty well as of late in the last five, six games. Uh, and and kind of looking to leave their mark on something like this when they don't have the D1 kids on their teams. And, you know, so they'll be out there trying to... to at least be somebody's memory of this thing too and, and show what they can do. So those are two teams that are playing pretty good right now that, that might turn out to be a pretty good game there, and it's the second one of the day. And it's always fun to have local teams on that stage play each other as well. That makes it a little bit more special too. Right, right. Zach, you mentioned the stage. is one thing I want to get to. I've seen it. I know you saw it last year and Todd's seen it every year. Shooting at the lacrosse center for teams that don't have that type of gym. You know, look at most high school gyms. The wall is, you know, just a few feet behind the basket. Yep. This one, it's, you know, 20, 30 feet away, or it's the stands way back. It is a different feel, and you definitely see it in the first few minutes of games. Even though kids have been warming up and all this type of stuff, you only get your warm-up before your game. You don't get shoot-around time on the, the game court. It is a different feel, and you feel it when you're watching the game. And there's no other way to um, simulate that in a practice in your own gym either. There's just no way 
and how to unless if you have tons of money and have a field house, but that's going to be going on there. <laughs> but it's just hard to seemingly, and it, it's not just this tournament, it's a bunch of tournaments, tournaments I've seen, including the Iowa tournaments. There have been, been good players that have come here and struggled, uh, but you know the best ones are going to adjust and, and figure it out by the end of the day. I've never really seen anybody come here in this thing and really kind of fall on their face and not be able to shoot it. They'll figure it out eventually. They'll get enough shots up and, and that. So you might see some slow start to, starts to some of the games, but I have a feeling they'll, they'll all kind of pick up as they go along. All right. And one last thing about the atmosphere. we got to talk about the attendance. We mentioned how this tournament's grown and the, the profile that the, of the teams they attract. But, I mean, you look at some of the attendances from early, Todd, I mean, uh, around 1,000, 1,100. But then, you know, you get to 2013, we got 1,700, 14, 2,200. 2100 in 2015. Yeah, so it just continues growing up. And then uh, last year, Todd, uh, yeah, I, yeah, last year they, they had 35. The year before, they had over 4,000. Oh, um, so the with so. the kind of teams they have this year, they it could be over 4,000 this time, maybe getting close to five. Who knows? Uh, there, there's enough local teams here that will bring some crowds, I think. And I think. I think the games, some of the games that they have, will will bring just kind of casual fans out too, and, and want to come out and see, you know, what's going on about this thing. So, you know, there will be a few thousand there. Uh, you got to buy, as we said before, you got to buy tickets when you get there. Uh, but I, I don't, I wouldn't fear them running out of those. <laughs> but but uh, still, go get them and be part of this crowd that's going to see this special event on Saturday. I would say. All right, so we'll wrap up here just kind of telling you what to expect from uh, here at the Tribune. Uh, obviously, this podcast, you can go back and listen to past episodes. Uh, we'll have a preview page uh, leading up to the event on Saturday morning. You can pick that up on your way. Uh, obviously, that, wherever, you, wherever you can get your quick trip, either deliver or get the Tribune <laughs> quick trip delivered, wherever you do. But and, and for that, you can read all about all these Division One players that are going to be here. Uh, we'll have the whole schedule uh, on that page. It's going to be the whole cover of our section. Uh, we'll have a story from the Minnehaha perspective, uh, uh, something on Mr. Stutley from on Alaska uh, in the kind of season that he's having, just to shed a little more light on that. Uh, and then there will be a pretty heavy online presence on Saturday. If you go to lacrossetribune.com, there will be a section on our homepage that will be devoted to nothing but uh, Midwest Players Classic. And you'll have, you'll have uh, stories from games, you'll have videos, interviews with, with some of these kids, uh, videos from some of the games. All kinds of stuff, and it'll be happen from, happening from morning to night. So go to lacrossetribune.com and, and uh, get your updates throughout the day if you can't get over there for some reason. Absolutely. All right, so make sure you're following Zach on Twitter at Zachary W. James, uh, Todd on Twitter Summerfell LAX, and myself, C. Bart Dizzle. Uh, we will be back next week, uh, Hope maybe Monday. We'll see. We're trying to do Monday, Thursday. Eventually, it's just tough with yep. the rhythms of – Especially with this Saturday, we'll see if we can record or not with how busy it's going to be. But uh, definitely next Thursday with a, a preps podcast, trip preps podcast. Um, but make sure you're watching lacrossetribune.com and the physical paper for all of our Midwest Players Classic coverage. And we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. Make sure that you're sharing it on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>